The Guardian. Virginia Woolf's Mrs. Dalloway, first published in 1925, follows a single day in the life of society hostess Clarissa Dalloway, one of the most famous examples of the stream-of-consciousness literary style, the novel builds up a patchwork of memories and sense impressions in order to express the anxieties of the early 20s and the devastating aftermath of the First World War. Mrs Dalloway stiffened on the curb, waiting for Big Ben to strike. There, out it boomed. She loved life. All was well once more, now the war was over. Clarissa recalled that summer with Peter Marsh. What was it he had said? She couldn't quite remember, yet somehow the lack of clarity felt profound. Was not this impressionistic stream of consciousness confirmation of her place in the avant-garde? Such a pity, then, that so often she seemed so shallow... And yet, was not Peter due back from India soon? A noise like a pistol shot rang out. The violent explosion that so shocked Clarissa, or was it Mrs Richard, Dalloway, came from a motor car. Was it the Prime Minister's? Septimus Warren Smith did not care, as his wife Lucrezia helped him cross the road. I will kill myself, he said, as an airplane curved overhead, its smoky trail, a modernist symbol. Dr. Holmes says you must rest, cried Retzia. Interrupting, always interrupting. Could she not understand the importance of his shell-shock trauma as a counterpoint to superficiality? Big Ben struck out again, the bell throbbing with masculinity from within its Freudian tower. Mrs Dalloway's mind turned to matters of love and that first kiss she had once shared with Sally Seaton. How thrilling it felt to hint at lesbianism. The doorbell rang. Who could it be? It was Peter. How lovely to see you, she said. There was so much he wanted to tell her. How he had been heartbroken when she had chosen Richard. I'm in love, he blurted out, with a married woman. How interesting, said Clarissa, lost in solipsism, yet somehow acknowledging their shared sense of unfulfilment. Why don't you come to the party tonight? Peter marched furiously. Clarissa might be ageing into comfortable respectability, but he still felt young and vibrant at fifty. He sat down in Regent's Park, his mind tired of repetitious memories of how he had once loved Clarissa to distraction. How could she have married a man with no tremulous love for Shakespeare? Why must his images contain so many portentous adjectives? And why must everything be a question? Septimus and Lucrezia had also stopped in Regent's Park. The war. Milan. Now he only saw demons. And occasionally visions of Miss Isabel Pole, whom he had once loved. There. He couldn't make any clearer. He wasn't homosexual, he told himself.
Big Ben struck twelve times as Septimus and Retius stepped into Sir William Bradshaw's consulting rooms. "'Your husband has served with distinction in the war,' Bradshaw said to Lucrezia. "'He is a very troubled man, who needs time away in one of my homes.' Richard Dalloway was happy to take luncheon with Lady Bruton and help her compose a letter to the Times. He supposed he had some influence as a member of the House, though he was aware of his limitations.' "'Peter Marsh is in town,' said Lady Bruton. "'Splendid,' Richard replied. "'Had not Peter once loved Clarissa? "'Perhaps he should tell Clarissa that he loved her too. "'But first he would buy flowers.' "'Big Ben struck three as he entered the house. "'His mouth opened, but the words would not come. "'Here,' he said, thrusting the flowers into Clarissa's arms before rushing back to the house. He wanted to say he loved me, Clarissa thought, yet he couldn't. We are trapped like icicles in the coldness between youth and old age. She sighed as Big Ben struck something or other and went to visit her daughter, Elizabeth, at Miss Kilman's house. How she hated Miss Kilman, whose religious lesbian tendencies were taking Elizabeth away from her. Retzia tried to release Septimus from his horror. Be still, she said. The doctors will soon be here to take you away. Septimus trembled with the intensity of his condition. I'll give it you, he cried, hurling himself out the window onto the railings below. The ambulance took the body away as Big Ben struck again. How annoying, thought Peter, to be so constantly reminded that all the action was taking place on one day. How heavenly to see you, Clarissa had written. What could she mean? The Prime Minister had arrived. The party was a success. And yet somehow... Clarissa felt disengaged. Maybe if she did a little more and thought a little less, her life might be more rewarding. But it was too late in the book for that. The doorbell rang. It was Sally Seaton. I heard you were having a party and I thought I'd come along to tie up a few loose ends. Peter spied Sally in the corner. How sad that Clarissa's life is so empty, he remarked. And Richard is not bound for greatness. And you have not exactly fulfilled your dreams either, she thought. But she kept that to herself, content in the compromises of her own life. One of my patients committed suicide today, Bradshaw announced. Delayed shell shock. Terrible condition. Clarissa's eyes glazed over. For more great downloads, go to guardian.co.uk forward slash audio.